When you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count, try Blue Apron's new ready-to-cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes. With 60-plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and health-conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card, plus enjoy $130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com unique2022. Welcome to this week's Grab a Cuppa. So this week, Becca and Kyla are back and we'll be talking about friendships. What makes a good friend? What makes a bad friend? And also, are friends the family you choose? So I present to you Grab a Cuppa with Mates featuring Kyla and Becca. Ladies, so we've got Kyla and Becca again here at Grab a Cuppa. Hello, ladies. How are you doing? Hi. We're Hello. Here. We're actually on and working, so we're happy. Yes. <laughs> it only took a whole tantrum and for me to call my Wi-Fi extended names that are not repeatable in impolite company. Right, yes. Sacrifice for the internet gods. <laughs> oh gosh, I know we've uh, been having many uh, technical difficulties on my part as well, and mm. your part, Kyla. The only person that's not actually had any technical difficulties has been Bex over there. Yet, um, <laughs> yeah. Don't jinx hey, it. The hey, gremlins yeah. will hear you. <laughs> yeah. Let's not. Let's let's just shh. Yeah, that's not good. Right. So basically, uh, we were talking about in this episode, we wanted to talk about friendships. Yes. Yeah, Are we yes. still talking about friendships yes. after many attempts? <laughs> after doing this, 50,000 attempts. Let's talk about yes. the internet and how it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so in this uh, in this episode, we wanted to focus a bit more on friendships. So the good side of friendships and the bad side of friendships, because there is a bit of both. But uh, we're probably just gonna have to uh, repeat ourselves again. again. Just restart <laughs> again. again. Yeah, restart again. Um, and I think we started by a quite simplified question: as what is friendship? to would it be like a different thing to different people i think it is because to me friendships changed what it is to me throughout my life so i think when i was a teenager friendship was well any fucker willing to talk to me so just anyone that would be nice to me and be friends with me you say friends as you get older friendships what they mean and what they actually are change so now friendship is to me, the unconditional love in your life. Friendship is the people that will... It's completely different to a romantic love because it is completely unconditional. When you're truly friends, it's completely unconditional. Friendship is also the people that will call you a dickhead to your face but defend you to the death behind your back. So anyone says anything about you behind your back, your friends will be like, don't you fucking talk about my friend like that, I will kick your ass." 
and then you'll get home and they'll be like you you did that didn't you dickhead yeah I did you're such a twat why am I friends with you so yeah true friendship is calling you a dickhead to your face but not letting anyone call you anything behind your back I think <laughs> true friends are the ones that stab you in the front exactly hey, yes oh i like that oh, I, I like, like that, feel like... that. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah and you know that is a song from bring me the horizon is it yeah no oh i think i've heard that but i think i changed the words i guess you know like personally uh friendship you know to me is uh, i say this quite a lot it's friends are the the family that you choose there's a difference between you know uh friends and then they are family and then your blood relatives because there are a lot of friends that i consider like my family and then there are a lot of blood relatives that i don't consider family if that makes sense uh, especially I, I would trust people who are friends like family to take care of my kids rather than direct family blood relatives and it, it is it's all about unconditional love and about to me personally is you can tell them anything and even if it doesn't make sense it makes sense to them because you, they know you that well that is 90% of everything I say to everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I really truly believe that. I think, I think I'm like a combination of the two of you. Because like, I, I, I often say that my friends are the family that I've chosen myself. And I hate the term blood is thicker than water. Just because you're blood related to someone does not mean, you know, they are better for you and for your mental health. And, for, and, and they're more supportive because that is that is just not true that is just absolutely not true and like you say you you choose your friends you're stuck with your family most of the i mean i'm i'm quite lucky like the majority of my family i quite like (laughs) and like my mum is one of my best friends but you know there there are some people that 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 aren't that lucky but my my friendships are i was a bit like you kyla um in the beginning like when i was younger especially i would be friends with anybody that would be friends with me i was very i had no self-esteem um i never thought i was particularly good enough so if anybody ever gave me the time of day then i was their best friend i would do anything for them no matter what and i would not get that same treatment back and my dad something he said to me stuck with me he was just like you've got to stop expecting other people to behave and act the way you do towards them towards you because they you know you're just going to spend your life disappointed Mm -hmm. but you need to invest your time in people that want to invest their time in you and that that kind of changed a lot of things so now I'm, I'm very much of a quality over quantity kind of girl when it comes to friends um, and I never used to have many female friendships and it was mostly mostly all lads that I tended to kind of really gel with but I've recently over the last few years discovered the power of a strong female friendship and how important and empowering that can be and how unbelievably supportive it's like me and Kyla have said a few weeks ago nobody is more supportive than the drunk girl in the bathroom and that's what me and my friends are like with each other like a drunk girl in a pub bathroom that just loves your hair or loves your makeup or if you're amazing yeah he's a dick he's a bastard he doesn't deserve you and you've known her for about five minutes but she already knows your life history (laughs) that level of support is what I'm what I'm after with my friendships and that's what I have 
yeah, yeah, I guess we spoke about this before. Uh, you know, as I, uh, um, I wasn't at, at first. I wasn't really sure what you meant about the, you know the girl in the bathroom. You know, the uh, mm-hmm. drunk girl in the bathroom, and um, it was more like. You know, yes, I've had that. Oh, you know, your hair looks nice, or whatever. You know, that that sort of, uh, I don't know, small talk. Um, yeah. But it was just sort of like, I don't know. Sometimes, yes, girls can be very supportive, but then sometimes it's like in the bathroom, your friend could be talking about you behind your back. You know, in the same bathroom, and they didn't even know that you were there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. that's happened before um oh yeah pers- girls could be awful as well oh god yeah <laughs> we could be absolutely. the worst absolutely but it's just like obviously you meet that you meet that person uh but you know how our personalities change under the influence of alcohol so it's not like that person's not really meeting the real you and you you're not meeting the real you know them so it's just like the short, it'd be like a short conversation. Oh, yeah, thank you. But it wouldn't be life-changing, would it? But you know what? Like, that, that, like for me, I always, like, again, this is me expecting people to be like me because yeah. I usually am that drunk girl in the bathroom in a, in a pub or whatever because when I'm drunk, I just love everybody and I'm the one that is telling, that makes it my mission to tell every single girl that I see that she looks amazing. Especially if she's looking a bit down in the dump. That yeah, if somebody's I'm stood there looking a bit quiet and a bit yeah. uncomfortable, you go up and you're like, oh my God, your shoes are incredible. Oh my God, I love that. I'm being 100% genuine and sincere. And I just, so, so, so for me, it's kind of like the, the, the truer side of me because I don't, because like when I've had a few drinks, I'm, I'm not like, because usually I'm quite reserved and quite shy and, and socially awkward, but when I've had a few drinks, I'm not afraid to then go out and tell people that I think they're awesome. So yeah, I think it just depends on, on your personality type. But again, I, but then I expect that everybody else doing that is being really genuine. But again, that's just <laughs> me expecting that people are like me, which they're not. <laughs> no, See, I'm like you. I'm like the loveliest drunk in the world. Like, I know you I'm are. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm very, I'm very affectionate. You like it, don't lie. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it is. It's true. The first friends like, you're tall. Should we go and get drinks? Let's let's go have a dance and just was like skip around together. Was that when we were drinking prosecco through a straw? Oh yeah, that was. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> I was quite unhealthy in the car on the way home yeah, that, that night. Not big or clever. It's not. Do not drink prosecco through a straw. No. Ever. Um, but yeah, we were, me and her were skipping around and jumping about. One of my exes once turned around to me when I lived in Sheffield because um, Corporation used to do 50p vodka mixer nights. And you can imagine, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I like you when you're drunk. You tell me you love me when you're drunk. I was like, no offense, mate, but I tell the bar staff I love them when I've had a drink. <laughs> like, I will tell everyone, I love you. You made my drink perfectly. You're my best friend. Mm. You know, I just love, I've never been one of those like angry drunks. I've always been the, you know, in fact, I've very frequently come home in clothes I didn't go out in. I've swapped clothes on nights out with other people. Like, I love your top. It's amazing. Like, do you want it? Should we swap? I like your top. And I've like, like literally come home in other people's clothes, <laughs> which we won't talk about the time that I once came home wearing nothing but my knickers and a Jägermeister flag and a belt. And my friend came home in my dress. <laughs> okay. 
That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we made best friends with some promoters somewhere along the lines and oh, stole some Jägermeister flags. Uh, so it was it was an entertaining evening, but that's the same thing because we went up and we were like, "Oh my god, you're so lovely!" Like they were they were promoters, of course they were lovely to us, but you know, we were like, "You're our best friends now." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I used yeah I used to work in uh, in a bar in a strip club. This is many moons ago, actually, and it was always like you see quite a lot of women in groups as well when they're all like uh, best friends. It's like oh we you know we're in a strip club. What were we doing here? Oh my god, we're so stupid. Oh, we're so crazy. Uh. oh my god oh don't even do you know how many times i had to bite my tongue and control my face talking to girls when they used to come into work because some a lot of the times you get girls in who would be one or two girls there with a group of lads and the girls are generally always buy dances for the guys that's fine oh and buy you drinks and have a chat with you but yeah girls on mass in strip clubs is just a fucking headache. <laughs> oh, what we're doing here? We're so stupid. Oh my god, we're so stupid. edgy and so different. And oh my <laughs> god. Oh no. Don't, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. We're so oh putting my... this on Instagram. Oh. So glad Instagram was not a thing when I was at uni. Yeah, I guess I never, you know, like actually talking about like friendships in school. Um, actually, there was this group of girls. This is quite a sad story, actually. I think I actually I wrote about this in one of my blogs. Is um, there was a group of girls? They actually made they made me feel like they're all nice and they were all nice to me and whatever. But then after a while, like I don't know if they truly liked me. Uh, one of them, well, actually, one of them said, "Oh, why, why don't we do this and that?" So they grabbed me and put me in a in a like. Uh, sort of a big rubbish bin when I was a kid. Oh my god! Yeah. See, this is the thing. Like, because I, I like was the... apparently I was crap, and that's where I belonged. Right. This is this is the thing. Like, <laughs> and I, I find this like, with the friendships that I had when I was younger. Like, there's still a few pretty people that I'm friends with that I was when when I was at school, and we're still really good friends, and that's fine. But I feel like, especially with groups of girls when you're teenagers, it's like. There's very, there's very little genuine f- feeling for one another sometimes, and it's like you're always you're always competing. This element of competition where you see you see like the people that you're supposed to be friends with and the people that you're supposed to care about as some kind of threat, and then your own insecurities just kind of like force you into behaving in a bloody terrible i mean i i didn't do it i was usually the one that it was done to to be fair i used to be really good friends with this girl at school and then suddenly because i wasn't cool she turned on me and kept trying to have a fight with me outside school every day i mean i was a lot bigger than, than her so that was a really i was just about saying that i was like i used to get that a lot later on in secondary school and these girls would come at me to fight me and i'd be like i'm literally a foot taller than you like what do you think's gonna happen here but I think it's, it's set yeah. like a bit of a bad precedent for me as I got older because then I kind of thought that whenever I was made friends with people, I had to prove myself to them. So I was constantly accommodating and I was always putting myself last and I was always putting them first. And 
well not all of the friends that i had since then were 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 bad and took advantage like you just open yourself up to be to being taken advantage of and i think that you only really truly start to develop the strong deep friendships when you realize your own worth and you think well i'm not gonna I'm not going to do this because I don't want to do this. And you shouldn't be making me feel like I have to do something for you, for you to be my friend. And that's why I think since then I've developed such incredibly close, mutually respect, uh, respectful kind of supportive friendships, because I think friendship and, and the friendships that you have are deeply rooted in how you see yourself. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. And that I guess, do you know what? I am grateful that happened because then I knew exactly that those people, those girls were not my friends. Uh, they didn't care for me and I moved on. That's it. And I think all my bad experiences uh, throughout my life, you know, with friends and whatever, it's built like me the way I am right now. And I treasure my friends you know, I might not have, I might not have many friends, but I have good friends and that's, that's all that matters, you know, and yes, those girls were mean to me. Yeah. I'll never forget what they did to me, but do you know what? I thank them because, because that happened, I grew stronger and exactly. that's it. You know, it's fine. It's, I'm not, I'm not one for, you know, I, I guess if they were like to think about it now, they probably think, oh my God, we did something completely ridiculous. We should have done, should have not done that and whatever. But uh, no, I haven't seen, to, I haven't seen them for a very, very, very long time since that day anyway. So why would I want to? But, you know, as they say, c'est la vie and that's it. I'm here now. Do you either of you think that like people can survive without strong friendships in their life? No, no. I think you've got to at least have a couple because without somebody, I mean, I suppose you could do if you had a family, as per se. I've got, I know a few girls that only have peripheral friends to do girly things with, not very close friendships, but they're girls that got married young, had their kids young, have their families and their in-laws and they're from a really close. So I guess they do have that but in their family group. They were quite lucky, I guess, that they got, their sister-in-laws or whatever as people that they were really good friends with and some people can survive on those little groups like that but I think if I think a lot everybody needs somebody outside of that network you know like a little bit more objective yeah because like, like I'm the same as you my mom's my best friend like I can talk to my mom about most things but there's still some things that I wouldn't that you can't uh, talk I, to your mom about <laughs> Maybe a couple, yeah. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Because obviously my family know what I used to do for a living. Because mm. uh, my uncle used to own a stripper grand business himself. Right. So my family are not prudish about the fact that I was a dancer at all. In fact, I remember coming home once with my case to go somewhere. And my mum, when I was, I think it was when my niece was born. God, that was years ago, like 20 years ago <clears throat> now. Because she's rather 19. So when my niece was a baby, I came home with my case full of all my stripper clothes. And my mum was like... Oh my God. She went in, I don't even, I think she just went to nosy because she is inherently nosy, my mother. 
Yeah. Have you seen the state of some of your whites in here? Have you seen the state of some of your <laughs> costumes? My daughter's going to be a stripper. She's at least going to work in decent clothes. They're going to be cleaned properly. I was like, oh, for God's sake, mother. I love it. That, that was her thing. She's like, well, you might be a stripper, but you're going to go be a stripper with definitely white underwear. Like, oh, I love you, mummy. You're just strange. Um, but I think that was, that was a time in my life when I got really good female friends and they were the girls that I met then it was one of those that actually gave me the idea to talk to you two about this because in fact you can see on the wall if I do that the painting that she made me do, do, do. Oh, okay so we're it's, looking at a painting with... yeah it's the little yeah it's, can uh, you describe it to us it's a goddess one so it's like a girl's head with glitteriness on it oh nice um, oh, cool. like glittery hair and then there's like antlers coming out of her head and she's like in a sky. So there's like the phase, the dots in the middle and the circles are all, uh, there we go. The dots in the middle and these circles are all like the phases of the moon mm-hmm. around it. Cause I've got like an obsession with mm-hmm. like the triple moon thing. So, and it's got writing all the way around the edge, which is really lovely as well. Nice. That she sent me, cheer me up for my lockdown birthday, but it was, it's her and a few of the other girls that I met through dancing. Which is the strangest place you'd think to meet genuine people. <laughs> Not necessarily. It's always the places that people don't expect you to meet the most genuine people that you meet the most genuine people. Yeah, like a field in Sirencester sharing Prosecco out of straws. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's because of those guys. And it for a long time, until a couple of years ago, really, in fact, still now, when I hear love songs, you know, like the unconditional love songs i don't think of boyfriends i think of my friends and like singing stupid love songs to each other and you know texting each other lyrics and things because that's who i think of not romantic relationships because songs that make me think of my exes are usually like the eurythmics thorn in my side and stuff like that that's why i think that like friendships are so important because there's no relationship more important than the relationship you have with yourself and as i said i really do think that like the relations the strong relationships that you build with other people as friendships are massively mirrored by the relationship that you're having with yourself at the time so that's why yeah i'm the same um i kind of bonded with my two best mates um only in 2015 We've known each other for years, but like we'd never really properly. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Looking for news that cuts through the noise? Want the unfiltered inside scoop on today's top headlines? Then it's time for you to check out News Talk 105.9 WMAL. Home to radio legends Dan Bongino, Mark Levin, Ben Shapiro, and more. WMAL delivers agenda-free coverage of everything going on in the DMV and around the globe. Visit WMAL.com or download the WMAL app to tune in live today. News Talk 105.9 WMAL. Making sense of the news got close until it, I always think of it as kind of like trauma bonding because I'd just come out of a really abusive relationship and uh, one of my other friends had just come out of a really long term relationship like hers wasn't awful like mine was 
and we like the three of us just spent this incredible summer together where we saw each other most days we we've got a little whatsapp group that we still have now we talk every day we, we used to go out we used to like have adventures together we'd get together all the time we like went and watched gigs we like just sit in my mate's flat and drink wine and listen to spotify and so we've got like certain songs from that summer like love songs that were massively reminders of each other and whenever like it pops up on one of our spotify's like we'll always screenshot it and send it to each other and just like oh our summer <laughs> but it was like a, it was a, it was a really for me especially a really strong bonding experience because i've never really had that with a group of girls ever I'd, I'd had it with with something similar with the group of people that I met when I went to uni and I met within like the first week and we became sort of like a family but that was because you know we're all the way from home and we're all living together and and you can kind of understand why it became like that but no with these two girls who I love to death and two of my bridesmaids um but yeah like it was almost like trauma bonding because I was so traumatized and they saved me they really did save me and it's it, it was pro it's probably two of the most important relationships that i have in my life and, and will for the rest of it and i just I, I feel like whenever people say oh i don't really have friends i feel really i don't want this to sound like condescending or anything but I, it makes me really sad because i feel like you, you, you do you have a good relationship with yourself and you know are you giving are you giving yourself enough love and care because other people react and respond to the way that you are with yourself and i just find it so it must be so lonely and so and so upsetting to think like to be like that and i, I just I, I can't get my head around it and i'm always someone that's never had a lot of friends as such but I just think it's such an important part of being a human and part of the human experience to kind of like share yourself with somebody else, not just in a romantic way. So, like that, so it comes well, back around to like the whole love song yeah. thing, like you say. I personally, you know, obviously you, when you meet someone, yeah, it's uh, even if that person ends up becoming your lover, but you find friendship before you find love. Yes, very much. And it's just one of those things that I find that friendships are so important you know in our lives because it's when it's just what like i said before when things don't make sense in your head and you want to call your friend and say today i'm feeling this way and what shall i do and even if your friend doesn't have the answers you know that the, them just listening to you it makes your day better as well i think know. as well sometimes having someone you can honestly and openly speak mm -hmm. to like that like just ring and go this is just honestly i don't know what's going on but this is how i'm feeling having someone you can honestly talk to without thinking like without filtering yourself at all can make it they don't need the answers because sometimes just saying your feelings out loud can make you realize if they're stupid or not as well because sometimes when you say something out loud to someone else you go i sound like a dickhead don't i i'm wrong that sounds stupid. I'm probably not going to do that. But that only happens with people that you can actually genuinely talk to openly, like without having to leave bits out or filter bits or whatever. It, it only really works with people that you can completely trust with your feelings. Yeah, Absolutely. Like you, 
you can figure things out just by talking and just getting it out of you and just talking even sometimes talking at someone that like like you say that you're so comfortable with that you can just ramble no filter like this is the thing and this is the thing and this is the thing and as you're saying it you're processing it and it helps you kind of figure it out so while you might have felt a bit lost at the time because you're in the process of blurting it all out to this person that's such a good friend it's like oh oh i might be able to figure this out after all so I'm laughing, Becky, because you, you literally just did the start of most of your rants, which is, do you know what? As soon as Becca comes out with, do you know what? You know that there's going to be a tirade. Sorry. I just kind of did Don't that be. to you two then, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> just like, <bleh>. <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. It's, it's just how, it's how friendships work. And, and I think if that, well that friend if that person isn't there for you physically and emotionally they aren't worth your friendship Mm. i think because it's like well i know obviously throughout lockdown it's impossible to physically be there you know uh, as much as you you would have liked because it's a situation that unfortunately we can't we can't help you know anything can't do anything really but i think that a friend is that you know is that person that is there and he's capable of being there for everything you know don't not just pick and choose where it's most convenient to them because that's not friendship no you know no but i think also by the other side of that yes a, a real friend won't just pick and choose when it's sort of convenient to them but also proper friends of course somebody that loves you wouldn't pick and choose like oh i can't be bothered to talk today but the flip side of that is somebody that really loves you you might not need to talk to every day but you don't need to talk to them every day it might be once a week they might not text you for four or five days (laughs) i wonder who you're talking about (laughs) me as well we're both guilty of it you do that too i do it too but you don't have to do that but if you ever message that person saying I really need you right now. They're the person that would drop things to be there. Like the, you can ring them and they'll go, is it important? Cause mm. literally a text that I sent to somebody last week, is this very important? Cause I'm currently looking at a topless Robert Sheehan and I'm not entirely sure you can come compete. So <laughs> and she was like, no, it's fine. I just rang you to rant. Can I ring you tomorrow? Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, they've text me and gone, no, I really actually need you. Can you, can you ring me back as soon as you can? Then I would have done. Uh, but I think it is that somebody that really loves you and cares for you doesn't need to be there constantly and you don't need constant reassurance on the friendship but the minute that you message with like SOS that's it they're the one that will drop everything and they're the ones that will be there when it matters the most when it actually matters I agree 100% and uh, personally like I don't have that many friends but I have yeah I have found I've got a lot of acquaintances, a lot of acquaintances, people that I know, but then there isn't, there isn't a lot of people out there that I can just, I don't know, tell everyone like my deepest and darkest secrets. I don't have many, but <laughs> especially, you know, being <laughs> a personal blogger, I just blurred, everyone knows my <laughs> life story by now. But it's when it comes to friendships as well, I, uh, I've had really, gosh, I've had really, really bad friends i would say in the past very very like toxic relationships uh with people obviously in a you know in the friends level and 
and up to a point where I just like, do you know what? I want to be by myself. I can't cope with people because I always felt like people weren't doing enough to be in my life, to wanting to be in my life. But then was I doing enough to be in their life because it is a two-way street isn't it you know you don't just expect that you don't just expect them to do this and that and the other you have to you know work at it as well but I got to a point where I was just expecting people to do all these things it's like I would do this for you why aren't you doing this for me and I was just yeah yeah like you yeah yeah, like you said sounds familiar (laughs) definitely does (laughs) I was having this conversation last night with Lane's best friend's mum, <laughs> weirdly. That she only lives on my street, but I haven't had a chance to see her in months, obviously, because of lockdown. And kids, social distancing, not going to happen. No. So we sort of catch up when we can, and I was catching up with us. She was saying the same thing, just that she's got, she, she's worse than me for it. She will, she would take the shirt off her back for anyone. And she's sensed that she really does have to start learning now. You know, just to sort of rein it in a little bit and not be as, oh, yeah, I'll do anything for anyone, la, 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 la. She's like, you do, as I said to her, I was like, you've got to learn to be more selective because you're going to knack, you'd knack yourself enough, you know, and you've, you've really got to try to give as much as you want to, but to the right people. Yeah, exactly. Like, learn, learn who are the ones that when you give them an inch, they'll take a mile yes and recognizing that is so difficult and it is given enough of an inch to enough of them and then they've all taken miles and then you start to realize and you start to figure out the little triggers and the little red flags that people give and you're like got your number i've known too many of you (laughs) (laughs) but i think it's really important as well to like form friendships with the people that you already have established relationships with so like getting a little bit back to what you were saying about family Mm -hmm. like forming friendships with your family i think can be really important in maintaining a good relationship with them because like you say just because somebody is your family does not mean that you're going to like them and does not mean that they're going to be your friend because i mean i've got certain members of my family that i don't speak to or that i don't really want anything to do with but then say for instance my mum my sisters in particular my two younger sisters i would absolutely do anything for the pair of them i would walk to the ends of the earth for the pair of them and they're my and they're two of my best friends but especially with my middle sister who is like closest to me in age we weren't always friends siblings yeah as we've got older we've learned to become friends with each other and we can talk to each other about things that we that that you know like our deepest darkest like thoughts and feelings we can have these really in-depth conversations and with my younger sister as well especially as she's got older and now i I, i've had to try really hard to see her as a an adult woman as opposed to baby sister yeah, because I think your little sister's similar age to my niece, isn't she? Yeah, she's 19, nearly 20. Yeah, same age as Caitlin then. Yeah. So, yeah. I was literally there when she was born. So I've had to develop my relationship with her over her entire life, and now I'm developing it into a... I've actually, the, the last couple of years, I've really had to just accept she's an adult now. Yeah, it's and really hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's awful. For, like, it took so long for me because she was my little mate. When in her mid-teens, I coped with that fine. 
with her getting older and getting hormonal and being a teenager and having school problems and giving her witty comebacks to dickheads at school and stuff like that. I, I got on really well with the whole school phase. Mm. And then post-school, being an adult and relationships and things. No, you can't do that. You're still 12. Yeah. You're not allowed. No, I'm 18 in a few weeks. I can do it. No, you can't. Deal with it. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And it's, we've come round now and I'm getting used to it, but it took me so long to just be like, oh my God, you're an adult. I was, I literally, in fact, her birth was announced over corporations' microphones over the tannoy <laughs> in the nightclub. Cause oh, that's adorable. We couldn't get signal. So I gave G, who, I think she's left now, I used to work the box office, my phone, it was like my shitty old phone, obviously, this is like 2001, mm. gave her my phone and was like, can you text either one of the bar supervisors or one of the DJs if I get a text, like message it through to them, or it was obviously radioing it through at the time. I said, oh, can you radio through to somebody on the floor to let me know if I get another text? Because like, <laughs> there was long labour and stuff. And I just got like this thing over the tunnel. Like, Kyla, Kyla, can you go to G? Yeah, she's woken up. She's gone back into labour. And there's like 700 people <laughs> in this metal night on a Saturday That's night going, horrible. like, there's a labour. <laughs> Who's, Who's in, in what? Labor? <laughs> in labour. And everyone was really confused. Yeah, Caitlin loves that her birth was getting announced over, by the DJ over like Saturday night main room corp. Yeah, <laughs> that is cute though. That is a, a nice, you know, story That's to tell. Story. That's a lovely story. Yeah, but like she's my little Bessie mate now. I do love it. I love it's evolved. And friendships should be an evolution. They should never stay the same because you don't stay the same. Which oh, was absolutely. the other thing? I had a friend that I had to distance from because nothing had changed in eighteen years, and I've changed so much as a person. In the last, well, obviously eight years <laughs> after since having, I'm just realizing, oh my God, we're on a podcast and people don't know me. <laughs> I'm not used to talking on the social media where it's actually just my friends. Yeah, since I had my child, obviously I've changed massively since then. And she had a child and nothing changed and none of what we wanted, she wanted us to do together changed. And it became a very one-sided friendship and I just got tired. It, it was so much work. Yeah, it felt like a lot of work and tongue biting and lying and making excuses and just couldn't I, I I can relate. I was I had a, a, a someone that I considered a best friend. Uh, and yeah, we went to college together all these years ago and uh, we used to do all things together, you know, go out and um just I don't know, just hang out all the time. She'd come to my house, I'd go to hers, I knew her family and all this stuff. And I I had my daughter, she's she sort of like distanced herself uh, but I always tried to keep that friendship because, you know, I I I loved her, you know, as as a friend, obviously, and I uh, wanted to keep it going and stuff, but she couldn't really comprehend why I couldn't do as many, you know, as, as many things as we used to do before I had uh, my daughter, you know, obviously life changes when you have a child. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you can just, I don't know, go out all the time. And I chose not to because that, like, I didn't want to do that life anymore. That wasn't 
me anymore and uh but then we sort of like we really tried you know been trying and trying and and then she had she had a son actually two days after me having logan and i saw a son once or twice throughout his life and but i'm always uh kept on trying to build a relationship again you know and stuff like that and i sending messages we'd go out from time to time but she still wanted to do the things that we used to do like uh, 15 years ago you know like just go out and get pissed and all these things that yeah i used to enjoy them but i I don't anymore i've changed as a person I've yeah i mean what i grew up and um and- i mean it's not necessarily stuff that you never want to do again you know, we all enjoy doing it occasionally as parents. It's nice to, like, not be a parent for an evening and go out like a grown-up and do grown-up things. But that's all right for a special event or a few times a year. You're not going to do that every weekend once you've got a kid. No, and she she sort of, like, you know, I would message her and say, oh, so what are you up to? And uh, there was one night that we actually went for a meal and she was actually seeing this guy and... Basically, we went for a meal and we were like, well, well, maybe you should go and go to, you know, grab a drink before we all, you know, go home and stuff. And she's actually sort of like ditched me to go to his house party. And I was just like, well, okay. Oh, so, thanks. So, yeah. So I just thought, well, you know, fine. I'm just going to, I said, I don't mind. Just go. Obviously, I did. I was really hurt by it because it was supposed to be me catching up with a friend, us going for a drink, and maybe going to a nightclub afterwards. Who 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 knows? Or even even just sitting in a bar having a drink and a and a chat and just you know chat bollocks for an hour and just all this stuff. But she decided to sort of like ditch me for a house party, and I was just like, Do you know what? Fine, go fine, and. Yeah, that's if that's what you want to do. I was really hurt by it, but then I tried and tried to sort of message and stuff like that. I'd be messaging and sort of like, oh, so what are you up to? And she'd be just like giving me really short answers and stuff. So I just thought, you know what? I'm not trying anymore. So what I did, uh, I just I deleted off my Facebook and everything. I was really hurt by it. And then months and months after, she actually messaged me saying, oh, I'm really sorry. I've been a crap friend. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, well, to be fair, I didn't even respond. I just ignored it because I don't want to be hurt like that anymore. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely fair enough. Because sometimes I think that the loss of a friend can be just as hurtful as the loss of a family member or, you know, it, and, and it can it can got you in just the same way whether that's by them you having to remove them from your life or remove yourself from from theirs or if they pass away it's it it can be like so incredibly hurtful and but then at the same time like if if you have to walk away from a friendship for your own good and for your kind of mental health then absolutely you, you need to do that i always think it's 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 sad but at the same time like if if they're not going to put into the the effort that you do then (laughs) i frequently find one of my favorite things i frequently find it very entertaining when i stop putting so much of myself into people and see how much i get back yeah so like when you're always the one that makes the effort and you're always the one like you said cat you know sort of always the one to be putting it in always the one to be trying and then they're the ones ditching you and doing this i find it really fun mm. to try and see um who 
sort of actually gives back like if when I go quiet yeah like there's times now when I go quiet and Emily one of my friends will be like you've been very quiet the last couple of days do I need to come round do you need cake (laughs) and that's kind of like the response that's Emily's answer to the world though cake um yeah perfectly reasonable response (laughs) honest it's not a response I'm particularly upset with she comes around for coffee and cake um uh, speaking of drinks sorry the wife just brought me one um but yeah uh and that's the difference like some people like you can go quiet with and they'll just sort of stick the necks out and be go you're all right you've been quiet and other people just go you haven't been talking to me you haven't been trying with me like thank you for asking why i've been quiet you know it's nice to know you're concerned for a start lovely of you to ask what's wrong considering that i'm not normally quiet then all of a sudden i change thank you for being deeply concerned about what's caused this change in you know behavior Mm. lovely to know you care (laughs) um but you haven't contacted me either yeah i I always like feel guilty when i hadn't like contacted people for a while and then i think to myself well they haven't contacted me and then occasionally I've been like quite pleasantly surprised when, when I've thought to myself, right, I'm going to stop making the effort and see what happens. And occasionally I have been quite pleasantly surprised, but more often than not, I blame putting the effort in. They... I blame social media yeah. because, you know, like think about it this way. Like your friend sees, sees your posts, you know, this, this, I don't know, hypothetical friend uh, sees your posts every day. And there's G1, I don't know, holiday or whatever. And they just assume that everything's all right rather than message you and say, oh, I hope they're having a nice time. Yeah. Or, uh, I don't know, bring me a fridge magnet back. I don't know, whatever. And just, yeah. Don't waste the summer months staring at a screen trying to figure out who accepts your vision insurance. Pearl Vision works with all major vision plans, including iMed. Plus, when you bring in the receipt from your last eye exam, they'll apply up to $150 towards a new pair of glasses. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 10-31-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. It's just like people that that post a lot on social media as well. I don't think that they get many texts from people. Yeah, it's their way of keeping in touch with the world, maybe. Yeah. I'm I'm still here. Mm. Yeah, but I have a lot of friends that don't really use it that much. Like, yeah. yeah. Especially, I'm, my Facebook is 90% memes and disgusting jokes. Uh, that, that's not actually an exaggeration. I actually looked back through my timeline the other day because Cy was taking the piss. Another friend of mine was taking the piss out of me. And he was like, yeah, but you, you're right, though. Your Facebook is literally just for memes. So I scrolled down my timeline. I was like, it, it literally, it's my memories every morning when I get up. I look through my Facebook memories. And everything else pretty much is memes. And I was like, I am a child, you know actually what, like- a child. Facebook is actually it's a blessing and a curse because while it can make you complacent and it can make you kind of lose touch with people while still being in touch with them because you can see what they're doing you just don't talk to them about it but um, also when I was at university in my third year I met a girl um, from America uh, who was living she was doing a study abroad at my university and she was living on my floor in, in my block my block and we just gelled and we became instant sisters from other misters basically and obviously she was only here for a year she went back to america 
And if it wasn't for Facebook, we would have struggled to stay in touch because she lives in Colorado. But to be fair, like Facebook has been brilliant because I can see what she's doing. She's just, she's had a little girl like God, nearly two years ago now and I've still not met her. I refuse to let her have a child that does not know me. So I need to get over there. But um, it's been really lovely because I've been able to see how her life is progressing and, and what she's doing. But I've had to really try to not do the thing where I see what just give it a doing. like give it a like give yeah. it a like or I see what she's doing and I see how well she's doing but I have to really remember that you know I still have to message her and I still have to speak yes to Becca her. sometimes you I actually have to send the text that you're thinking about sending I know. I know, terrible. <laughs> so now we've, we've got this thing now where we try and video chat like once every couple of weeks because if not you know what I'm like I'm terrible and it's not because I don't care. I just live in my own little world and I get busy and I forget things <laughs> and it's it's just really hard. And I, but I'm one of those people that, that genuinely doesn't mean to lose touch. I'm just shit. Oh no, me and, me and Becca very regularly about once every couple, of, obviously it's more frequently recently we've actually properly spoke because of doing this. Mm. But previously with that, I'd be sort of once every two weeks, two, three weeks, oh, there was this thing the other day and I meant to say this and then there was this thing and I meant to say this and then she'll reply and go, oh yeah, I actually meant to reply to this thing that I saw you did like last week, the week before, fuck knows. This this conversation could go on for like a month. Yeah, (laughs) we'll sort of, and then I'll forget to reply and then she'll, oh, I thought about replying to that and I didn't, did I? No. (laughs) Oh yeah, but I did see this thing. I'm the same I'm just like but the thing is sometimes people like text me like when I'm really busy sort of like oh I mean like in the middle of an interview you know I'm interviewing someone and obviously I don't want to be on my phone you know (laughs) that's just rude and then I'm doing interviews and or doing you know like my shows for feedback radio or whatever and it's just like and there's a reply I'll reply to that and then I forget like my counselor she she uh, rings me every every week and I don't think I spoke to her for like weeks and weeks because every time she, she rings me on the Thursday and I'm working on the Thursday I'm normally like either re- pre-recording the shows for the weekend or like doing podcasting stuff you know and then it's just like uh and then I forget and she I, I think I've got like 25 voicemails that she's left me <laughs> and I've not you know but she actually has Scott's number as so she speaks to him to sort of like you know. Is she alive? Is she okay? We have to do that for <laughs> my sister. My sister Jess, we have to ring her boyfriend because she never answers the phone and she, she's worse than me for replying to text messages. We have to ring him saying, are you with Jess? Is she alive? Good. Tell her to answer a bloody phone. <laughs> and she's worse than me. Much, I've got worse. that with my brother and his, and like who he's with now because it's just like, oh my God. They're both just as bad as each other. Like my brother is inherently the most ignorant person in the universe anyway, which does not help. So add, 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 add. I just text him, annoy him. Like every five minutes, add, add, add. And just actually get him to bloody reply to me. But He's but you have to accept that about people because there's there's definitely an argument for, you know, not putting all the effort and all the time with your friends but also if somebody's just a bit shit and they don't mean to be it's just who they are you have to give them a little bit of kind of the benefit of the doubt because they're not doing it 
to be ignorant. They're just doing it because they're busy and they're reading text messages when they can't reply, which means the notification goes away, which means they... And then it doesn't come back up. No, oh no. <laughs> this with my brother, it is literally that he is the granddad out of the Lost Boys. <laughs> he, could li- he could spend the rest of his life pretty much only ever talking to his daughter and my mum again, I think, and a dog. If you got him a dog, I think he'd be quite happy not to speak to most people again. Uh, and that's about it with it. He just, he doesn't people very easily. You know, I've, uh, I met quite a lot of people in the, you know, rock and metal community. Uh, there's a lot of people that I couldn't consider that, you know, I met friends for life. Uh, would you, I don't know, would it be the same with you guys? Do you know what? Um, since... I've been kind of involved in the primordial radio world, which obviously, I mean, not everybody listening to this might might know, but um, the rock and uh, metal radio station that my uh, my fiance is uh, one of the directors. Fiance. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but since I've been kind of involved with that side of things, I have made more friends in the past three years than I made in the past twenty. It's really bizarre. Because I just find that in this particular genre, the sense of community is so much stronger than anywhere else I've ever kind of encountered it. Or like when I used to go out when I was younger and I'd go to rock clubs and that, I did used to make friends quite... Because rock and metal people look scary and unapproachable and, you know, like, oh, I wouldn't want to meet them down a dark alley at night. But they genuinely tend to be the most warm loving and usually that are easy to talk to and you just connect with them and i've made so many friends i've got more friends now than i've ever had in my entire life including when i was a kid and i just find it amazing and tiring (laughs) i was gonna say do you know what else i found about metalheads like i'd say eight out of ten the bigger the guy, the soppier a sack of shit they are. Absolutely. I'm married. Witness, I was going to say, witness exhibit <laughs> A of the one you're marrying that's like six foot 13. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's not hard and fast, but you do tend to find those big, scary tattoos. Like Sai, like my best friend Sai, yeah. has got his 90% beard and hair. Yeah. and tattoos and he's huge and it just like you should see his little face melt when lane because he's an artist he's, he's done some of the designs for primordial some of the t-shirts recently and stuff mm. and because he's an artist lane gets very excited and he makes lane little lane makes him little pictures and it's like, simon i've made you a picture because i know you're an because he's simon the artist now as well that's his name officially and he makes him little pictures and gets really excited when Sai says they're really good. And you can see Lane's little face when he runs off. He's like, oh, mate, that's brilliant. I really like the way you've done this. You know, your line works. You'll actually critique it nicely for him. Oh, yeah, you're staying in the lines. You're doing this. And you could, Lane pops off, like, beaming with pride. And you can see Sai, like, proper welling up going, oh, you soppy sack of shit. Is that the experience that you've had, Kat, as well? Yeah, I guess... um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since I've been since I've been in this, you know, crazy world of you know rock and metal, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I have met a lot, a lot of people. But then again, I have. To be fair, I've always been involved in the alternative alternative scene mm. uh, since uh, a very young age. Um, so, 
I guess I have always felt more in common with the so-called misfits. Because I swear, the, the weirdos. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, the weirdos are used to being outcasts, so we're more accommodating to other people. So it's like, yeah, we're but, all weird here. But that's it. <laughs> I was actually having this conversation with Scott today about festivals. So I was looking, because you're supposed to be Leeds and Reading Festival this weekend. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, right. So uh, as we're recording this, it is is thursday the 27th of august (laughs) so (laughs) i've lost an entire year somewhere so (laughs) everybody's lost a year this year mate that's it so we're talking about (laughs) festivals uh today and we were looking at the um headliners for the you know leeds and reading and stuff and we're just like okay uh because leeds and reading festivals used to be more about the rock and metal uh but the good old days but then it has changed since Radio 1 got involved, you know, um, when BBC introducing and all that stuff because they wanted to make it more uh, generic as well, you know, with lots of different artists and big, big artists, you know, like Stormzy was supposed to be uh, headlining and then you've got Rage Against the Machine. I think Stormzy. No, no. Stormzy. Stormzy is... I was just a... thinking. Like... <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Right, Stormzy, Stormzy is a uh, an artist. He, oh, okay. Yeah, like grind. Not being derogatory, I just genuinely didn't know. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, it is, he is. Um, he's actually headlined uh, Glastonbury. He was the second uh, black artist to headline Glastonbury. Cool. Uh- isn't he the one that's like was in support of jeremy corbyn and did a load of like stuff on twitter yeah, yeah that, that's I correct know you mean. i know him for that i don't know i know i was doing that. what becca was doing i was like i know i've heard the name i've heard that and then uh when was it uh, one of the gallagher brothers was supposed to headline as well uh, liam i think anyway, the whiny one maybe i don't know they both of them <laughs> no, one of them from Manchester. They're supposed to be like. They still, they still like not talking to each other. There's a big like rivalry oh, going on. And oh come anyway. on, everybody oh, got bored that. That was off of the nineties. <laughs> you can this... tell you live with Russ. Mm. Off of the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we were talking about festivals, and it was like, well, you know, Leeds, Leeds and Reading Festival have changed uh, so much through the, you know, through the years, and we were just like, we went last year to see Twenty One Pilots because okay. Alice loves them. And it was a treat because she did really, really well at school. So it was, you know, a surprise for her to go to Leeds Festival and see Twenty One Pilots. So we went, and it. I well we didn't feel like we belonged there really we didn't we didn't feel it was just like you know when you go download or bloodstock or even yeah. uh, stone deaf you go to these festivals and you in a way you look around you and you see people like you it's and like people exactly people smile at you do you know what yeah. i mean Even oh yeah i literally didn't get in the into the gates of download last year before i met q randoms that i adopted for the whole of the first day yeah. that is it and <laughs> this, the point i'm trying to make is you um you go to leeds festival yeah and you see all these kids especially these girls dressed in neon and just 
like wearing next to nothing these 17 year olds and i'm just like oh okay right fine who am i to I judge i can't say anything i used to wear next to nothing i was just thinking that i was neon <laughs> in the words of my mother you could see what I, not only what i'd had for breakfast but what i had for tea last night as well with some of the skirts that i wore <laughs> <laughs> i know i know what you mean though i know what you're getting at and, and yeah. it's, it's not it's not a sense of community there anymore no. it's because it used to be it used to be back in the day leeds festival was my favorite weekend of the year so i've never done leeds already i went I to glastonbury to by accident once i used to go every year i think i went for eight years in a row um and we'd meet up because we used to um go on these message boards on one of the leeds festival fan sites and i met some of my dearest friends i met one of the, my friends who is a member of the fam now alex walker at leeds festival he was part of this community because again we were a community online and we used to meet up we used to have a meet up on the on the thursday night where everyone would get together we'd all camp together there was about 50 of us at one point that's where i met my some of my best friends and and a friend of mine chris that i unfortunately lost this year um but I, I met some of the people that have meant the most to me in my entire life like my other friend Chris Alex Walker my cousin used to come who's like one of my best mates and we just had this massive group of us we like some of us only knew each other from the internet we camped together every year and it was just this massive sense of family that we've carried on now for 20 years 20 years bloody hell. <laughs> But oh, like, shut up. It was a completely <laughs> different, a different vibe at Leeds then. It was, it was a, more, a lot more like Download, a lot more like Bloodstock. And I don't want to say that the music is the sole reason for that, but it's just like now, it, like Leeds feels just commercial. Yeah, and people are just there to either get off their faces and rob people, or I don't know. I it just think it, was... it just doesn't feel like it has the same community spirit anymore and i think that's really sad and that's what i loved about download last year when i came with you guys it was it really did feel like just a big community of us with our little areas and skipping about together and talking to everyone and meeting people in the beer queues and playing stupid games and it just really it did it just felt like a massive barbecue at your mates but with bloody millions of you instead at download last year it really, it, it, it really, but it, it was lovely. And like I said, everybody that you like, you'd, again, meet people in the toilet queue. We were chatting to people in the cocktail tent and just everywhere you went, everybody would just stop and chat. Never met you before. Like, oh, you're right. How are you doing? Hello. You know I've just thought of something. I think that the rock and metal community is definitely a community. And I think that there's definitely an element of family in it and everybody's inclusive. Well, most people are inclusive unless they're being elitist. Um, there's always the exception that proves the rule. But I think more than anything, maybe it's not rock and metal specific. Maybe it's a love of music or a love of something that creates a community. Because I've been to a, a drum and bass festival in Sardinia in Italy a few times. Completely different to rock and metal, obviously. And when you go there, it's like a family get together every year in a beautiful place in Italy, everybody gets on. There's like all these events and you go to like um, parties during the day and it's not, because drum and bass is another kind of genre of music that people don't just like. 
they love it i used to work a drum and bass night yeah i'm about to prove my age for anyone that wasn't sure exactly what an old fart i am i used to work at the wicker arches in sheffield when head charge used to be there many wow many moons ago and i used to love it it was the same thing such a lovely community such i couldn't stand the music to be honest Mm. it's just not my thing but some of the people there i met as friends and i'm still friends with now yeah several years later and it was it, they read there was like a whole group of them and they used to have illegal raves back when they weren't called free parties but actual raves out in Grenner woods in sheffield and i used to go to the illegal raves even though i can't abide rave, rave music mm. i'd go out to the woods for the parties and just go away from the music area and go to one of the other clearings and just sit around campfires singing stupid songs and getting on with everyone and it was i used to love that i've got really great memories of like going you know where i used to live back home we actually had uh within like half an hour walk we had a little beach that we could just you know go hang out with friends and stuff and it's just like i used to love that just my uh, my friends from school used to just well (laughs) We used to lie to our parents and say that we were sleeping in each other's houses. You know what I mean? What a shot! I would never. (laughs) (laughs) We were were like thirteen, fourteen. You know, we just lie to our parents and say, "Oh, I'm staying in so and so's house," and da da da. So we would go to the to the beach and whatever, and then just sort of like just just sleep over on the you know there and just have like a little party you know with a fire and uh just do a little barbecue and stuff like that i had lovely memories actually with stuff like that i think it's like just like-minded people getting together in a group that are either passionate about a particular thing whether it's like a certain kind of music or i don't know films or games or whatever but like a group of people that have got a like-minded passion or like-minded interest even if it is just sitting by a campfire on a beach like and i think that that is kind of the integral part of of like the community that we've got and i think that's the problem with um festivals like riding in leeds they've ripped the heart out of it and there is no heart there anymore. There's too much. There's too many different things. And it's all yeah, like they're trying to together. throw too many things into yeah. the pot. And it's just everything these... kind of crashes together then. Yeah. And then you get all these different types of people and different kinds of personalities and different kinds of communities that come together. And more often than not, clash. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. So... A hundred percent. You just don't get the same community feel community vibe and feel and then you don't develop these incredible friendships because i don't think people going to redden and leeds now will develop the friendships that i did like 15 20 years ago that's so, probably wrong I don't but know. i don't think that well it's like vibe exists there anymore no i mean i went to glastonbury um i went to accidentally went to glastonbury in 97 i think it was 97 uh, we went to we meant to take some friends to drop them off in the van from Lincoln, and uh, somebody had cut a hole in the fence and was charging oh, a tenner to... over the fence, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, somebody had got a gap in the fence and was charging people a tenner to go through the gap. So we paid and went in, and I went for them with nothing with the clothes I was stood up in, and it was the year it was the mud fest as well. Oh God! It was horrendous. Like you, th- we think last year at Download was bad. That was compared to that Glastonbury, wow. but I met friends there at Glastonbury yeah. that. I stayed in contact with vicariously through 
Yahoo Messenger groups and MSN Messenger. <laughs> yeah, for years I kept it just random emails. People that I'd met, some guy that I'd met and pulled out of the mud, and then we went and got hosed down outside a garage with the car wash thing. Uh, in one of the, it was so many of us just sort of I don't know came together. It was awful. It was horrible. It got called off early. It was, but I think out of adversity and trench foot <laughs> we all there is, there's a lot of different personalities within this community and i feel like you know sometimes it is not just a community but a big family you know Definitely. we all yeah we uh, might argue we might i don't know we all have different personalities at the end of the day and then uh, yeah I, I felt like i fit in more within the rocky metal community than any other community out there. Me too. I mean, me and my one of my best friends who actually met through Primordial, strangely enough, <laughs> Sarah. Yes, I know. I love, but yeah, you can't miss our little Sarah. But she is also, uh, I mean, she's literally a third of me. <laughs> she's this big. Um, but personality wise, we are so similar because we're both ADHD and autistic. Both of me and her keep saying, isn't it weird that people actually like us? And they're a bit like, you're waiting for them to find out you're a dickhead as well. Because we both keep doing it. It's like, I'm waiting for the day they actually realise that I'm just a massive twat. We already know that. But, it's like, <laughs> but we just keep getting worried because we, we're that used to it. Like, we, we're used to masking so much when we meet people. And then once they actually get to know you when the mask starts to drop, they get fed up with the real you. And that's the reason I love Sarah, because or she's not going to get bored of me because she is also Captain Hypo Dickhead of the Universe. And gets all of my weird little ticks and nuances it's terrible when we stim together though especially if we're together and we're both excited and we just both start mirroring each other's like ticks that's, and stims that's the thing <laughs> me being uh, on the spectrum uh, i find that it's quite i can relate because if i'm having some sort of, if i'm stimming you know as in uh, i can bite my fingers uh, if i'm uh, overwhelmed or excited or um, anything like that or I can sort of like I get like restless legs you know doing the same motion over and over again and I think any other person would be like oh fucking weirdo but another person you know especially people in this community I found that being so accommodating and it's like oh I know what you're doing or it's like oh I'm gonna wait until you finish what you're doing and then we can uh, carry on the conversation that we're doing or like oh you know do you want a drink or that that sort of thing you know what I mean and I feel like I'm more understood and I'm more included in this group of um, you know misunderstood people like me (laughs) that that, that you guys have kind of said that though because it kind of just kind of brings it circle to what we start what we said at yeah. the beginning of this podcast and it's that we're a family beca- and we're the family that we've chose for ourselves and yeah. especially in this community that's what it's all about and that's why for me personally I've made the best friends that I've had throughout my entire life within this community definitely absolutely like- 100% and I I can guarantee you yeah, that uh, actually, this is a fact, actually, when I started blogging and telling people about my life story, um, it was people from actually from the Primordial Radio community um, that they've come to me and said, oh, my God, I can't believe I found someone like me. And I said, well, you're not alone. I'm well, 
I'm not only like you, I am you. Because it's all these, the shit that I've gone through and all this, uh, the way that I've, I feel and the things that I have to deal with on a regular basis is I know I found a lot of people that are like me as well and we aren't ashamed to admit that we are like this. And yeah, it's all gravy, isn't it? It is. It's weird, isn't it? Just actually being you. And people liking you for just being you. And not being afraid to be you either. No. And that, that's what I mean. It's sort of me and Parky keep going, it, are you waiting? You're waiting for them to realise you're a twat. I'm totally waiting. And, and we still do it now. It's like years in at this point. And we know they love us. Like I've got a little group. Like what you were saying, Kat, about you know, being the community and being the outcast together. We actually have a joke. Uh, from it the movie uh that i Cy, the Cy the artist um <laughs> <laughs> made me a picture for christmas of the losers club because we had a joke because somebody once called my little group of friends the cool kids uh it's before christmas last year somebody called my me and my little group of friends the cool kids and we're like we're not cool we're idiots so we started making the joke that we were the losers club and he, i've got a big great big huge framed thing on my wall that he made me for christmas saying that we're the losers club because that, that's how we sort of see ourselves we're just a weird little fucked up bunch of misfits that happen to get on and found e- luckily found each other i honestly thought like i honestly thought that i was scared at first to share my my life story as such you know i was scared because i thought well uh, these people going to judge me or they don't want to be friends with me anymore because that, that's happened to me in the past oh when, yeah absolutely when I said oh you know uh, this and that and the others happened to me or I can overreact to things because like just the way I am sometimes I I can s- scream and shout when I'm frustrated when I'm not being heard and I'm being misunderstood but that doesn't mean like I'm I'm angry at you I'm just angry at myself because i can't can't get my point across and stuff like that but then sometimes people can take that especially my mother she doesn't really understand um she she thinks that's like everything is like directed at her and whatever but that's another story for another time but it's just i'm always fearful that people are not going to like me but at the end of the day it's like well I am who I am. If you don't like me, then that's fine. I'm not going to be like, oh, please love me. Uh, and that's it. I'm not going to be like that. It's no fun. No, yeah, I'm it really be... isn't. I used to be like that too. Like, oh, please be my friend. Oh, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. Please be my friend. I used no, to like, sort of change my personality because I wanted to make friends, you know, change the way I was and try to, honestly, try to, uh, to mask my uh, sort of like, you know, my autistic traits and calm down with the stimming and um, try to speak in a certain way, you know. And Oh, how tiring is it when you've change. got to speak slowly and paced and it's like, it's like running a fucking marathon. When you've got to control your... Because t- they're involuntary ticks yeah. for a start. And so when you're stimming and involuntary and you're trying to control that, and then you've got to think about how you're talking, you literally feel like you've run a marathon. And you, get, you do get to a point, don't you, Kat, where you sort of go, I'm physically exhausting myself just Exhausted. to talk to you. 
And you know what? Like, long story short, actually, um, when I uh, moved to Leeds, uh, obviously, you know, from I moved from Portugal to London, yeah, and from London I moved to Leeds, and the accent is very different. And I found my I found myself copying the Yorkshire accent and trying to speak with a very thick Yorkshire accent because I wanted to fit in. I wanted to make hey, friends. Donuts. Oh, no, not <laughs> donuts. Donuts. Because <laughs> so, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit in so badly that I started copying the, the accent. And I actually, I had a very thick accent. And But then I just like, well, well, why? Why am I trying to please people? Like, why am I changing my accent? Because I didn't want people to sort of like ask me where I was from. I wanted to feel included, you know, I wanted to feel like the, if I sounded like them, they wouldn't even say, oh, you know, your accent sounds different. Where are you from? And it is the See, whole question. It sounds beautiful. I'm from Lincolnshire. But listen, <laughs> Salford. I topped from both of you. No, you Salford. don't. At least Manchester's cool. What this does Lincolnshire no, have? Manchester. I'm Salford. Sol- Salford is Manchester's ugly little brother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Salford. Don't get but me wrong. But, the thing you know, is, Salford accent is horrible. <laughs> but the thing is, like, what you know, the point I was getting at is just that I was trying to please other people, you know. But even going to the extremes of changing my accent, and I'm just like, crazy. Why? Um, but then again, it's I. I think I only started to accept who I am as a person in the last, maybe in the last ten years. You know, and then my my accent is this. This is just me talking, you know, and obviously it goes a little Yorkshire from time to time. Because obviously... I love your hybrid Portuguese Yorkshire accent. Oh, I yeah, really I love it. It's odd. my favourite. When you get the odd little Yorkshire word just like dropped in, it's just... Oh, it brilliant. makes me so happy. I try not to smile every time you do it because I'm like, I love I can, The thing is, when all three of us are on together, when you do it, I see her smiling, so I'm like... <laughs> But that's the thing, you know, it's it's my accent, it's me, it's a little bit of me, but obviously there's going to be a little bit of a Yorkshire twang there because me and Scott been together for a long time. And when, you know, uh, again, you know. <laughs> you know, oh no, don't go. I love it, I love it. I love so it. obviously, you know, do you know what? I, I don't care anymore. It's, as long it's as a powerful I- moment when you realise that you actually quite like yourself and you don't care anymore, isn't it? for the better when i finally got to that point it took me a long time I, oh I went yes through a long time of no self-esteem and not liking myself very much and you know what as soon as i made peace with myself and as soon as i thought you know what i'm actually not that bad i met the love of my life and i made the best friends i've ever made and, and then you the picked a new best friend more of them <laughs> and then you decided to be friends changed. with me Who's exactly the same as your fiance? (laughs) You picked two of them. My life changed when I finally made peace with myself. So I completely get where you're coming from. And that's the moment when I started sniffing out bad people. And I started making true friendships that actually mattered. Oh, see, that's Rob's. Rob. Totally get where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. That's Rob and Stewie Green's job for me. Because one of my friends, Stewie... He can sniff out a lie at a thousand paces. And Rob has this spidey sense for people that he can just, 
it's like you can see some sort of aura around them <laughs> and because i'm i i try to be good and i try to be a bit more reserved but i'm not i just get really excited by people and new stories and because i love stories i'm inherently a storyteller i love other people's stories and I love any stories, really. So I get really excited when people want to tell me stuff about themselves. It's like Becca's fiance's best mate, Bridge. We were very drunk around a campfire in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and he was telling me these stupid stories about going to scout camps when he was a teenager in deepest, darkest Lincolnshire. And stuffed things like that. And I, but I love all of that. I, I explain it to Lane that having a love of books and having a love of stories is the most important thing you can do because... If you're a person that's a storyteller, you're not just a human anymore. You're like superhuman. You're extra. In fact, you're beyond human. You're not even human. You're like a person with a thousand worlds inside their head too. So you've got all these little stories and all these little worlds and all these little imaginings. And storytellers are forever. Yes, they do. And it's like Neil Gaiman. <clears throat> I was just I was like, I'm sure this is a Gaiman thing. <laughs> it is a little bit. <laughs> Am I obsessively story? Neil Gaiman in a very very creepy way on Twitter in it everywhere um, have done for years to me I just want to talk to me Sorry, he did once let's, talk let's to me down, yeah let's not go down that tangent but yeah he says like the oldest living thing in the world is some I think it's a giant redwood tree 2,000 years old he said but it depends what you think of as living because Actually, the oldest living thing is this story that's been around since cavemen could draw on walls. It's been the same story passed down years and years and years. And the oldest story is about a friendship. And that's what I love about people. And I'm terrible at sniffing this out because I'm just, if anybody wants to share their story with me, I will drink it up and I will listen and possibly forget. But <laughs> I just really enjoy that. I don't know, listening to people and hearing about their little stupid adventures. Like you say, Kat, you know, just going into the woods and going down to the beach and being at the beach at night. And when somebody's talking and got real passion in their eyes about something they really, really love, I could, sometimes I don't even listen that hard to what they're saying, which no one's going to find a surprise. It's not a rude thing. It's my autism. I love watching people's faces when they talk about things that they love. It's my favorite thing in the universe when somebody sparks up and their whole face lights up and the eyes start to glow and their body and they, they, the shoulders drop and their body language changes. At that point, that's the bit of why I give so much of my own time over to other people because it, it is literally like air to me. Watching somebody that happy talking about something and that in love with something so I think that's why I magnetise towards musicians and artists, because they're more like that. I love that. Like, I'd, I'd want to grab them and just be like, oh, tell me more, tell me. You know, you just really sort of like, come on, come on, tell me, tell me things. Yeah, I can relate because this is why I've, I started this. I started to grab a couple because I love hearing stories about, real stories about real people. This is why I do what I do. And I love to share my story and to hear other people's stories and to share our stories. That's why we're doing this right now. 
and to at the same time to support other people that might think that uh, that I'm alone or whatever no you aren't alone it's you you even though you are not participating in this conversation right now you're listening to us and you are a part of it and it's just that's why I do what I do and it brings me such joy to hear other people's stories and i'll give an example uh i did in an interview with mr hugh evans aka oh, Moose, which is going to get published on the 28th Ooh, which to us is tomorrow oh god is that to oh for fuck's sake as someone that's had some pretty good conversations with moose i'm i'm looking forward to listening to that i do love a moose rant. It just—it's my favourite thing ever to listen to. I think it's the accent partly as well. He's telling me all these different stories, you know. Uh, grew up in Winnipeg, Canada, and it's just all these—the story of his life and his career and everything. I was just in—he's one of those people that I was just in awe, you know. And I was just like, I love doing this, and I really—the oh, conception of primordial this. story. I think is one of my favourite stories because it's Moose reenacting him and Russ drunk because Moose acts out. I think what I like about Moosey is he acts out the story as well physically when he talks to you. And he was telling me about him and Russ and we were just having this thing. And, you know, Russ was drunk and he was doing his Russ thing with his hair and da da. <laughs> and it was, and I was in my gin chair and I was like, wait, whoa, 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 back up here. Oh, it's you're missing the most important part. So it's like, no, this is how primordial was born. I was like, no, you've just told me gin chairs are a thing. <laughs> like, I need to know more about this. He paints a good concept. mental picture. He does. He's a, he's, he's a um, wordsmith. Oh, that's like, I'm but, looking forward to that. Yes, oh. obviously by the time that uh, this goes out, it's Moose's has already been published, so uh, yeah. <laughs> You've not listened to it already, go and listen to it. Yes, yes no, definitely. I, I guarantee it'll be bloody brilliant. Yes, that man can tell we a story. We had such really a can. laugh. We had such a laugh. And also Baz from Massive Wagons, which is going to get... Oh, Baz. Uh, yeah, he's going to get published. Check you out with your, 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 your good guests. Checking. And then us too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this... You lowered your standards Which... there, mate. You did. <laughs> Which you will See, get released the following Friday. And actually, we're going to have a lot of more guests. Dr. Porridge is going to be on. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, Dr. Porridge. We're going to have a chat with uh, parents that have children with complex needs and ADHD, ADD, uh, ASD, any, you know, any uh, complex need, special needs, that sort of thing. So we're going to be doing a series of that. So I'm very excited. Ooh, like does really interesting conversations coming up i'm i'm looking forward to listening to them and thank you for letting us be part of, some of yeah I've, i feel like she's yeah, trying to I'm level the play away. yeah she's <laughs> leveling the playing field with us too i think she's getting all these really <laughs> cool people <laughs> and then she's just like slumming it <laughs> yeah she's gonna slum it with us too for a bit <laughs> no not at all it's always a pleasure speaking to you both i've loved this tonight by the yeah. way yeah yeah do you know what I've been like trying to well like I said before I came here I we should have started recording much earlier uh, and I've just been really like ugh. 
today I didn't want to I, I to be honest part of me was just like oh I haven't got the energy because I've had a really rubbish week I've mm-hmm. had a pretty busy rubbish day and I was like part of me was like I don't think I'm going to be able to say much I don't think I'm going to give anything to this conversation and it's just been lovely well it's just been having a chat with two mates and it's been really good for my soul today this is oh, what it's all go. about. It's, we it's did a family. Friendships. <laughs> <laughs> special friends. Well, yeah, Not that kind of special friends. Easy. Um, <laughs> Are you rejecting me? Cat, I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't go for blondes. <laughs> all right, I'm naturally ginger. Just don't tell anyone. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> I've got orange hair anyway. Like I decided to go orange. Uh, hair this time but it's been lovely ladies thank you so much for chatting with me we will make this a regular thing love to yes definitely i'm getting more organized once a month work on it (laughs) uh yeah i was thinking about just doing this once a month and yeah people people been asking for you guys so uh, i'm just Mm -hmm. providing the uh, providing the content Oh, and wow, the platform well, fulfilling a need. Hey, we're qu- I'm we're quality. Qu- yeah, I can say words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got too late now. Kyla's battery starting to go. Is my meds are running out? Is it? <laughs> but I will love you and leave you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. See you soon. Yes. yes. Take care. Take care of yourselves and one another. Yes, take care. Take care, everybody else listening. Love to the family. Stay safe. Stay safe. Goodbye. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. (laughs) Thank you so much to Becca and Kyla for getting involved once more with the Grabber Cuppa. And they will be back again next week. I have a friend, the comedian Dr. Porridge, a.k.a. A.D. Trevelyan and uh, we had a really great conversation we talked about mental health we talked about Dr. Porridge and also uh, autism so that's that was a very interesting conversation so tune in for next week see you then I hope that you have a great week take care of yourself and take care of your loved ones